Thank you for listening to the Faith Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. Today's sermon for the resurrection of our Lord, April 17th, 2022, is preached by Pastor Jason Goodham. If you have any questions or comments regarding today's message, please call the church office at 612-824-5527 or visit our website at faithlutheran-aflc.org. Good morning again. Special welcome to those of you who are visiting us this morning. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I would at this time invite you to stand as I read the gospel lesson appointed for this Sunday. The sermon text is taken from Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12, can be found on page 1642 in your pew Bible if you'd like to follow along. Reading in Jesus' name, Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be, crucified on the and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. And returning to the tomb, they told, from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw linen clothes by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. Heavenly Father, these are your words, and your word is truth. We pray that this morning you would sanctify us in the truth, that you would convict us of sin in our lives where that is necessary, and that you would comfort and encourage us with the promises of your gospel. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. As I read and thought over the gospel lesson for today in preparation for this sermon, trying to think of how I preach on a passage that is so well known and, and a version of which we hear every Easter, as so ha often happens with scripture, one word popped out to me that I'd never really paid any attention to before, and, and it's the word I want to explore this morning. In, in Greek, the word is aporeo, and it comes to us in English as perplexed. Now, the definition of this word is what ended up really catching my interest, because the first part of the definition is to be perplexed or to be in perplexity, but then the second half was really where I drilled into this, with the implication of serious anxiety. And that got my attention. When the women arrive at the tomb and see the stone rolled away and don't discover Jesus' body, they're not just confused. They're in deep anxiety. And our task this morning, on Resurrection Sunday morning, is to find out why they're so anxious, to look at their perplexity and to answer what could account for all of that. And so, turning our eyes back to Luke 24, we will first take up the perplexity of the women. Now, certainly, 
the best possible explanation and the simplest explanation for the women's anxiety is the state of the tomb itself. Again, the stone has been rolled away and Jesus' body is missing and this is entirely unexpected for someone who had died. But to top it all off, they're, they're pondering these things and two angels appear next to them. Now, now this is where I want to be fair to the women in this. In Scripture... When angels show up in a personal way for people, the response is almost never, ever celebration. Now, now you can correct me on this, but I would like to see the passage in Genesis through Revelation where a couple angels show up and people go, Hooray! Angels! It doesn't happen. Think about when angels personally arrive on the scene. Abraham panics. Okay, Joshua falls down and worships. Manoah, Samson's dad, fears for his life. And Isaiah falls into a deep, mournful state. So again, we can excuse the women's anxiety, but I don't think the angels have much impact on their anxiety. For one, uh, Luke mentions that they're perplexed even before the angels show up. But beyond that, I think there's an even deeper reason for their anxiety. And to see that, we move on to the next group of people. We need to also study the perplexity of the disciples, and especially of Peter. Now, after conversing with the angels and coming to their senses, the women returned and told the disciples everything that had happened. And wouldn't you know it, none of the remaining 11 disciples believed them. Again, can you blame them? Not only are they terrified and in hiding because Jesus has been arrested and executed and buried, but... but it's just really not in their normal way of thinking that someone would have risen from the dead. And so here's where we get another fun Greek lesson. Our, our English translations label the disciples' assessment of the women's account of the empty tomb to be an idle tale. Now, maybe, and there's this theory here, that Luke got much of his gospel account uh, not only from Paul, whom he traveled with in the book of Acts, but also from Mary, the mother of Jesus. There, there, there's some real solid theories out there that for, for the, the text of the gospel, Luke uh, interviewed Mary. And so perhaps there's a softening of this, but, but that really only comes through in the translation. It's not in the original term. The, the definition of the Greek word for idle tale is actually speech which is complete and utter nonsense. I lifted that right out of the Greek dictionary. Okay, speech, which is complete and utter nonsense. So what this means is that the disciples not only didn't believe the women that the tomb was empty, they thought these women were babbling incoherently. There's a reasonable argument to be made that the disciples thought the women had lost their minds. Peter, in fact, is so incredulous about this 
that he decides to run and not walk to the tomb in order to investigate on this own. And there's, there's, there's a whole spectrum of interpretation you can do here at this point in Luke. Uh, you, you, could, you could think that Peter is eager to see the empty tomb, but we have no reason to believe that based on them not believing the women. Peter, I think, and this is personally, I think Peter runs to the tomb in order to shut down this nonsense as soon as he can. And so he does. He runs to the tomb. He investigates on his own. And he finds the tomb empty and the linen cloths folded nicely, just as the women describes. And here's the interesting thing. Peter also was astonished. He marveled at the empty tomb. He could hardly believe his own eyes. And that, for me, is what gets us to the core of the issue here in Luke 24. You see, the perplexity of the women and the perplexity of the disciples, and especially Peter, is a foretaste of the perplexity for, of everyone for all time. This is what I believe is behind it all. With the women and with Peter and the disciples, we all expect death to win. We all assume that death is victorious. That's where our sin has left us. For those who don't have faith, sin and death threaten to overwhelm them at every turn. Without faith, we're left to create or invent purpose and meaning in life on our own. Without faith, we're left to believe that everything in life happens by random chance. Without faith, all we can do is look around, see nothing but death and destruction, and conclude that death wins. For those who don't have faith, at some point in time or another, all that's left is perplexity. All that's left is deep sorrow and anxiety about the state of reality. But that's easy for us to point out. What we need to consider this morning is that all of the doubters on that first resurrection Sunday were followers of Jesus, and they still expected death to win. So do many of us as Christians. Maybe it's because we feel the depth of our sin and don't believe that we can possibly be forgiven. Maybe it's because we don't understand how God can allow so much pain and suffering in the world. Maybe it's because we're still mourning the impact death has on us. And who here hasn't been impacted by death. But whatever the case might be, I think it's fair to say that far too many Christians far too often expect death to win. We expect that death is the answer. But here we are with the women and with the disciples on Easter Sunday morning 
and the tomb is empty. In fact, 2,000 years later, the tomb is still empty. In Scripture, at every turn, our perplexity and anxiety are always met with the risen Savior. Our resurrected Jesus, along with the empty tomb, stand as our confession of reality as it is right now. And this is the truth we confess each and every Sunday. Christianity can't be boiled down to a system of moral teachings that may or may not be outdated. The empty tomb doesn't allow us to do that. It can't be reduced to philosophical abstractions. The empty tomb doesn't allow us to do that. It can't be reduced to religious wishful thinking. The empty tomb doesn't allow us to do that. Christianity at its heart and at its soul is an acknowledgement of history and a confession of reality. And here we are this morning, just like every Sunday morning since Jesus rose from the dead, and we confess to the world that the tomb is empty. And in that confession, we only have two options. Either Jesus died or he didn't. Either Jesus was buried or he wasn't. Either the tomb is empty or it is not. And dear saints, the tomb is empty. It is still empty. Jesus has risen. Death does not win. Death is not the victor. Satan does not overcome. Sin does not overwhelm. Jesus Christ, risen today, has defeated Satan. Jesus Christ, crucified and risen today, has atoned for sin. Jesus Christ has defeated death. This Easter Sunday and every Sunday morning, we stand and confess that life wins. The grave does not win. Life wins. We stand and confess that forgiveness wins. We stand and confess that salvation wins because Jesus wins. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.